We are joined now by Dirk Facer, Utah Utes beat writer for the Deseret News. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Dirk, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Well, we were just considering the commissioner's plan to have 9 a.m. games and what that would mean for you. You would have uh, hours to meet your deadline. There'd be all kinds of pressure on you to turn out like the greatest game story ever with hours to craft all those words. Or you'd have to write like 10 sidebars and you'd just be buried under an avalanche of work. You know how it works. That's the latter. You know, hey, the game's early. Why don't you write about this, this, and this? And no, it'll be interesting. You know, I looked up um, with all this talk. Since Utah's joined the Pac-12, they're 8-2 and two in games that start at noon or earlier. So it would be a good thing for the Utes, but uh, I kind of agree with what you guys are saying. Uh, you know, those windows later in the day are more important. And I just wonder what kind of quality of football they can put out week after week if it'll be Oregon State and Colorado with the early one. So with practice starting here very, very soon – there's a change. There's no opportunity for the media to view practice this year in training camp, which is extremely different. It used to be, well, back in the day, you could go for the whole time, then they narrowed it down, and at least the last few years, it's been the last 20 minutes or so. And this right. year, zero. What are they hiding? <laughs> you know, that's interesting. They're probably hiding a lot of good stuff. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, you, you guys have been to the practices, and that it was always kind of funny that sometimes – Somebody would say they saw so-and-so complete seven of eight practices or throws during practice and such. And I'm like, all we saw were wind sprints. I don't know where you saw that. So <laughs> the reporting will probably be a little bit tighter. And uh, if you have sources, it's not a bad thing. If you don't, it's going to be rough. But, um, you know, I, in exchange for not having the access to the practices, at least we get to go up there four days in the interview instead of three. So there was a trade-off there, but uh, – yeah, there's something secret going on in the laboratory, apparently. <laughs> Dirk. <laughs> Do you get enough of these in print? Don't you have some gems? You need to come on the radio and share some of this stuff. <laughs> there's something secret in the laboratory. I'll, I'll, you know, I can, I can make stuff up, too. I'm pretty good at that. But, no, it's, uh, it's just an interesting time. Uh, you know, it used to be the Utah-BYU week was always shut down. You know, obviously we couldn't watch any practice then. And now for the whole season, it's going to be different. And then I understand the Monday press conferences um, may not feature players this year, so we'll just have Coach Witt. So things are changing. The access is getting a little tighter, but uh, we'll see if it ultimately pays off for the Utes, if if it's even a variable at all. So do you expect uh, – How I guess how soon do you expect to see Britton Covey at 100% out there? Do you think he's ready for the opener? He's ready for the conference opener? You know, I had a chance to to watch him work, you know, hang out with him, watch him work out and do his rehab uh, over the summer. He really wants to play in that BYU game. He's a Utah County kid. He's always dreamed of playing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and this is his last opportunity to do so uh, with next year's game being in Salt Lake. He really wants to get back for that, but it's going to be close, and it's going to be real close. And um I don't think they're going to take any chances, uh, you know, to get him in that game if they need to sit him. And then uh, is Idaho State the second game or Northern Illinois? You know, those. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not completely 100 percent that they'll try to get him there by the start of conference for that USC game. But uh, I know he really wants to play in that BYU game, and so you know we'll see uh, 
if he can do it, but he is working his tail off to get there. Surprised that they were the overwhelming favorite to win the South? Not to win the South, but the overwhelming favorite. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. You know, I think I heard you guys talking a little bit about the, the poll and all that. And from what I understand this year, instead of just anybody that registered to, to come to the meetings, they took three voters from, from each of the teams, which I think would make it 36 voters. And I guess one guy decided not to vote. But to get 33 is uh, it's almost mind-boggling. And I don't know if that's an indictment on the youth or the uh, state of the Pac-12 South. But, you know, you come away from these meetings, I don't know, PK, you got the same thing talking to all these people, but you know, you sense even though it's kind of a train wreck the South, you sense some optimism from ASU, from USC, from UCLA, Arizona. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. You come away from the meetings and you wonder, hmm, is that really accurate that there's the overwhelming choice? But I think all things considered, and especially with Utah's defensive line being as strong as they are, with you know two All-American candidates and and maybe three. Um, hard to overlook them. So one of the cool things about going here is you do get this FaceTime and you get to talk to these other coaches and players and, you know, otherwise everything ends up so Utah-centric. You see everything through the filter through this. What do you learn about these other schools? What did you pick up that you didn't know when you went to it? I like the filter remark. I agree with you on that. That was awesome. But, no, uh, learning from the other teams is, you know, I think USC, I came away from there thinking that they are, you know, there's, a sense that they really need to get their wagon circled, obviously, to keep Clay Helton's job. And I heard you talking about Urban Meyer, and I think a lot of that, if I'm not mistaken, the the Fox uh, show that he's doing this year is filmed in Los Angeles, and I think that fuels the speculation that, you know, to get used to living in L.A., he'll be in L.A., and that, you know, that USC thing, he'll pounce on it if, if Helton gets fired. But I sense a lot of resolve from, from USC, UCLA, I think, Herm Edwards silenced a lot of critics last year. It's just whether he can build on that. So I sense a little more optimism talking to the other teams. And then in the north, um, Oregon seems quietly confident, obviously, having the Justin Herbert and the best quarterback in the conference. So uh, it's going to be an interesting thing. And then Washington State is quiet. Uh, and I heard Mike Leach tell a reporter that everybody's kind of writing them off and I think he likes being in that position. So, you know, that'll be fun to watch and see. And uh, so I guess, you know, maybe it's, you know, fall uh, media days optimism, but that's kind of what I came away with. Was these guys are a little more confident than I would have given them credit for the league as a whole, but uh, well, they've got to prove some things, obviously. So Zach Moss will be able to run the ball, and they've got a decent staple of running backs behind him. So there's no question in my mind they'll do what they've been able to do for several years now. But they can change coordinators all they want until I see them actually have an effective and explosive passing game. I'm going to have my doubts. Do you think this year will be better? Well, I guess I'd start off with could it be worse? I mean, it does have to be better, and I think it will be. But, you know, if you look at the receiving core, one guy on the team had more than 32 catches, and that's Britton Covey, and he's going in a little hobbled right now. So these, you know, these other receivers need to step up, and they need to be able to catch the ball. And you know, you know Brian Thompson, they're excited to get him back. Uh, Demari Simpkins, you know, they've got uh, Solomon Enos. They've got some Jalen Dixon. You know, there's some guys that seem to have the potential to do it, but uh, 30 catches in 13 games isn't necessarily going to get it done. So they need some guys to step up, other than Britton Covey. Um, and especially if Cubby uh, is going to take a couple weeks to get completely healthy. 
So have you got one guy you're keeping your eye on? Is there one guy more likely to step up, or is it really somebody coming out of the pack? They seem to be really high on Brian Thompson, and he's uh, you know he'll be a sophomore and didn't play much last season. I think he got in the Holiday Bowl and made one catch, but it was a redshirt year, basically, and they're high on him. And then Damari Simpkins is somebody they've been talking about you know, since he arrived with Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley to step up and, and do some things, and, you know, Samson Nakua. I mean, they've got a core of guys. They just need somebody to step up. And, you know, Solomon Enos is obviously another guy that they're high on. You know, there's a lot of potential there, but uh, they need some guys to catch catch the ball. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to try to do that because, obviously, the run game's solid and they'll be able to do what they want to do there. But I agree with you, PK. They need to be able to throw the football. I also think that the kicking game could be a problem, not so much with the punting, but the place kicking. And obviously, they've been sensational. And I, you know, we all spoke to Kyle about it last week, and he's saying, "Well, we'll go through training camp and make a decision." Well, last time you had an opening at place kicking, you went through training camp and you made the wrong decision because you didn't even choose Gay; you chose somebody else. So I don't know that I can right. base it on what happens in training camp. I have to wait. Till I see in the season, you can kick as many field goals as you want in training camp. But Gay did not win the job his junior year in training camp. He was not the first kicker out there. He then took it over and ended up with a brilliant career. So, how much concern do you have there? I think it's huge. You know, I think the guys they have they have uh, Jaden Redding in there, and then they have Andrew. I think his last name's pronounced Strock, and he's uh, he saw some limited action at UCLA. Came over as. Uh, a grad transfer, but, you know, from what I understand, and I know it's late and we may get some word next week, but I know they were pounding the transfer portal really hard looking for a kicker and uh, to bring somebody in to, you know, they have scholarship available and they want to, you know, find somebody to, to win that job. I don't know if, haven't got any word if they found anybody, but I know they were uh, what's the, hitting the weeds pretty hard looking for somebody, but uh, that's a huge area because it's been such a source of strength for the youth the last couple of years. And, um, you know, if they uh, if they don't have a reliable kicker, uh, heck, it might be one of those situations where they go for it every time. So that actually makes short, doesn't it? makes a, a – uh, on, on fourth and short, fourth and a yard or two with Moss, it, it doesn't seem like a Kyle thing to do, but it does seem like the right thing to do, doesn't it? Yeah, well, if you don't have a choice, you know, I mean, you know, Kyle likes to likes to play the percentages, and if, it, if the percentage of getting first down is just a little bit higher than your kicker, uh, but then also you got the, you know, you got to show the kicker some confidence, whoever wins the job. So somebody really needs to step forward, and uh, and I, like I said, I don't know if there was anybody out there in the, the transfer portal that they could necessarily get, but. I wouldn't be surprised if another candidate uh, joins the mix when camp opens uh, later this week or, or shortly thereafter. But, uh, you know, it could be too late at this point. So you spoke of optimism, and certainly Media Day, we've been going it every year back, well, geez, long time if you include the other conferences. And this year, you know, a lot of teams in the South, uh, Utah is the obvious favorite, but there was optimism among the other teams. And I, as I look at, uh, two or three of the other teams, if everything comes together and the questions that they really need to be answered are answered, there's maybe one or two, possibly three, but I wouldn't think all three, but maybe somebody else can put together a threat against the Utes and mount them, uh, g- mount them a little bit of a challenge going forward. Uh, who would you say 
would you pick? Just assuming that they do, there is at least one team where everything comes together. Who could mount that challenge against Utah? Yeah, I kind of think it's USC, and I think obviously the the Pac-12 opener with Utah at USC on a Friday night the, could be a huge game. USC obviously has a tougher Pac-12 schedule than Utah does, so you know that one game might be negated if they were to win. But you know, I just can't believe a desperate USC team or coaches coaching for his job and the talent they have down there that they'll be bad again. That would surprise me. I think they're going to be much improved. Um, UCLA with Chip Kelly, you know, they spend a lot of money to bring him in. That wouldn't be surprise me. And then uh, I don't know what you think, PK, but you know, obviously what uh, Herm Edwards is doing at ASU, there's a there's a lot of optimism there. You know, last year there was a lot of doubt, and I think he silenced some critics just by, you know, they weren't awesome, but they uh, they were better than I think a lot of people expected. So basically, you wouldn't be surprised. Arizona's got a senior quarterback. If anybody, if everything lights right. up, anyone could do it except Colorado. Who is the one team who actually has gone from sixth to first back to sixth? There they are, the Buffs, right? <laughs> the Buffs are the only ones that have uh, remember the, the, that magical season where they climbed to the top. You know, you look at this division, and this is what the ninth year of the league. All six teams have won an outright title in the Pac-12 South. Nobody has repeated. Now, UCLA went to the first two Pac-12 championship games, but they went to the first one because USC wasn't eligible. So you can kind of throw that one out. But nobody has repeated in the South. And that that says something that, like I said, DJ, there's always a team that's maybe capable of climbing up there and doing it. But uh, I'm not going to bet on the buffs this year. But the, the other teams... Wouldn't surprise me. Arizona, you know, it depends if they can get Tate back to where he was two years ago before someone took the job. If they'll be competitive, but uh, I, I kind of think USC is the main threat for Utah. Dirk, as always, we appreciate it. We expect more comedy out of you now as we cool our heels around the corner from the practice field. You're gonna have to entertain us while we stand there for you know a few minutes, fifteen or twenty. You guys are pretty good too, so you know I may. Uh, may return the favor so i'll work on some material if you guys work on it uh, we'll get through those we probably got to have some slurpees standing out there in the uh, concrete and, uh, and <laughs> sweating like pigs but uh it'll be fun but uh, you guys do a great job and i appreciate you having me on now, before you go dirk be careful sure. on those slurpees because the dirk facer that right. we know is no longer around a much that- skinnier version of dirk Fazer is there you've dropped how many now about 85, but, you know, it, uh, I couldn't get much fatter than I was. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's the old Frank Layden joke of throwing the deck chairs off the Queen Mary. But we're, we're working on it, and, uh, you know, nothing like a doctor uh, reading you the right act to get you to do it. So, All right, there you go. Well, good work, Dirk. Keep it up. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and I will see you uh, outside the gates, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs>